So I love this, uh, I, I, I love this, the, the, this, this video, I don't know if you've ever seen Mr. Holland's Opus, if you haven't, uh, what you could be able to gather there is that uh, he's a music teacher uh, for 30 years and had big dreams of being able to uh, write a symphony and, and, um, and to be able to create amazing music and become famous for doing the things that he loved, but what he ended up doing was spending 30 years being able to, um, uh, being able to, to, to teach candidly to be a teacher in a school. And, uh, and, and it, I, what I love is just this picture of this impact that this teacher had in the lives of people. And it would have been, as uh, the governor there said in, in that moment, that it would have been so easy to uh, be able to, uh, to, to forget the kind of real impact that we could possibly have uh, as um, uh, doing the thing that we do day in and day out. It'd be really easy to think that if we don't do kind of the huge magnanimous thing that we can't have an impact in people's lives. And I just love this story that indicates to us that, hey, uh, life can be, we, we can make such a radical difference. And, and this teachers, in fact, can make such a radical difference uh, in the lives of, of people. And, I, and, and so I love this picture that we get a chance to see and of course, you know what's true for every one of us in this room uh, is that uh, we have this opportunity uh, to think back for a moment to uh, teachers that we've had before. Uh, we had a chance to think back, and some of us, every one of us, every one of us, you guys, even the kids in here, we can think back to teachers maybe that we didn't connect with so well, we'll put it that way. Um, and then every one of us can think of teachers that had a significant impact in our lives in some way, form, our fashion, and it's, uh, it's actually incredibly striking to be able to think about that, right? And what's the difference between the teacher that we didn't necessarily really connect with and the one that had a profound impact on our lives? What? Because they didn't have any different job, right? The job was to teach the class or to do, uh, to somehow educate us towards an understanding or better understanding or knowledge. Uh, but what really separated the great ones from those that maybe weren't so great, what was it? It was the ones that you felt cared about your soul, that they cared about you. That's the difference. They all had classes to teach, but the ones that made the most profound impact were the ones that actually had an investment in your heart and life. And so uh, I, I, I love that picture that if you think about the most impactful teachers in the world are the ones that were actually going beyond just disseminating information. They were the ones that valued you and cared about you and, and the ones that were shaping who you were becoming and the ones that pushed you past maybe what you thought you were capable of or the ones that uh, saw that, uh, that, that helped you see that there was another level that you could get to or the ones that were just so passionate about their subjects that you actually thought, I, I might could be interested in this too just because of the nature of how passionate they were. i um, I remember uh, I, had a, I had a physics teacher my junior year. Physics, your junior year, sounds horrible, and yet we did it for some reason. I, I, got, I had a couple of friends who wanted to take physics, and so they were like, oh, let's do physics. It'll be awesome. It was a zero-hour class, uh, which means you had to show up before school started to take physics your junior year, and I don't know why. I'm just, even right now, I'm just going, well, I don't know what we were thinking, but we did it anyway. Um, but his name was Mr. Holiday. Uh, Mr. Hall, that, that was my physics teacher my junior year uh, of high school. Um, but before every class, he'd take the first three minutes 
to play trash can basketball. And it was the greatest thing we could ever possibly do. Is because, so he'd take the first three minutes and he'd let one student challenge him in trash can basketball. And there was literally a line in his room that you had to get behind and they'd set up the trash can and he had a ball in his desk that he'd pull out. And, ever, and, and you'd have to do an underhand, well, you can do it however you wanted to, but you'd try to toss the ball into the trash can. And he annihilated everyone. He was unbelievable. And I was a basketball star. Uh, and I couldn't beat him, all right? But, but at the first three minutes every time, and I'm, and I'm thinking, why, why did he do just trash can basketball? And I, I know what he was thinking. He was thinking, I want kids to be excited about coming to this class. And they may hate physics, but they're gonna love this the first three minutes coming here. But he was just setting the table for us to be able to lean into the thing that he was teaching. And I could, I, I could, I'm gonna be just totally honest with you, and I don't know if he gets a chance to ever actually watch this. Uh, I, I remember absolutely nothing from that class, nothing from physics. Can't remember one thing. I, I, you know, there's some, something about trajectories or energy, or I don't know. But what I remember is there was a moment I was having a really rough day and I have no idea what the rough day was about. I can't remember what it was. I was a teenager, so it could have been just like I didn't have money for donuts. I don't know, but I was having a rough day as a teenager. And I remember him just pulling me aside and seeing something, and he grabbed me, and he just said, would it be okay if I just prayed over you? And <laughs> this is my physics teacher, but he's just leaning in just to cover me that day and just to pray over me. And it was, I, I can still see myself in the hallway right there, and him covering, it meant the world to me. And I was more interested in physics because of it. Not that I remembered any of it, and I'm sorry, Mr. Holiday, but, um, but I... I I'm so thankful for that kind of experience that we get to have where you find teachers who want to go past disseminating information, but they want to be able to minister. They want to get to what's actually going on in your life. Those are the ones that make the most impact. And that's what lands home with each one of us, right? It's not their great knowledge. You don't ever look at a teacher. I mean, you can be astounded with their knowledge uh, that teachers often bring to the table. But what we really care about is the impact. What, that's what lands at home for us. And so they want to go past that. So I want you to look at Ephesians 4. We're gonna, we keep opening. We, we look at this scripture each and every week. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one under the chair in front of you. Make sure you grab one Ephesians 4. I'm going to read this again. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll unpack what it means to be a, not just a teacher, but a teacher in God's kingdom. So it says, Jesus gave apostles. So Jesus, verse seven, is the one who's given these gifts. And he says, these leadership roles. And he says, Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds and the teachers. So he gave us these five leadership roles to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped. When each part, here it is, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So we get a chance to see that God is gifting and empowering every person that comes into his family 
to be able to stand with these gifts and to be able to pour into the lives of the people around us. So that's, in fact, what the point of the church is. Certainly, it has to be more than showing up on a Sunday. I can't think, just, I can't think of anything more miserable than saying I'm a follower of Jesus and all I ever do is just show up on a Sunday for a service. Jesus is so much greater and so much bigger. He has so much more for our lives. And I love being able to come together to be stirred and to sing and to lift up the word of God together. But church, there's, you have so much more in you than to be just a recipient of a message on a Sunday. And that's what Paul's trying to lean into here is to say, you carry something. You carry something. You have something that I put in you and I want to give away. And so uh, in, in order to be able to just see what these unique leadership roles do in the church, we get to unpack each one of these. And this morning, we're going to unpack this role of teacher together. Now, the best way to find what it means to be one of these teachers that Paul is describing or the Holy Spirit's describing in the scripture is to look at the greatest teacher. Can anyone guess who the greatest teacher of all time was? Go for it, bro. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus. All right. So, and thanks for raising your hand. You're just like so polite. You're ready to go, man. You, you know how, you know about school. You know how it works. All right. So uh, Jesus is the greatest one. So we're just gonna take a moment to look at Jesus. We're gonna say, what does this mean for us? And how does this gift make its life thrive in the scope of the church? Uh, and so uh, we'll jump to Matthew chapter seven. You can go there if you want to. You don't have to. We're gonna throw it up on the screen. So here's what's happened. Jesus has just finished what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. This is widely known as the greatest sermon or the greatest teaching in the history of mankind, all right? There are people that aren't even followers necessarily of Jesus. There are people, I mean, we live in a world that is incredibly becoming more and more resistant to what you might call religious teaching. This sermon and this content still stands out uh, above, uh, uh, really st still stands out for many, many people because of the nature of its teaching, right? So Jesus has delivered this message. And, uh, and, and, but I love what this scripture says at the conclusion of this message. So as Jesus is finished with this teaching, I want you to see what he says. Look at now verse uh, seven, verse 28. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes, not as their scribes. So let's just un un unpack that, right? The crowds are absolutely amazed at Jesus and what he's saying and what he's teaching to them. Why? Because he's teaching with an authority that's unlike anything they had seen before. Why, well, why was it different? Well, one, all right, scribes of that day would often just memorize uh, speeches and talks from previous uh, uh, leaders, right? They would have traditions and leaders that they would follow. They would memorize or they would capture the teachings or quotings or sayings of their of uh, former teachers, and they would try to stay in line with that and make sure that they didn't get outside of it. In fact, lots of their teaching was just verbatim uh, replicating what was already said, and they were trying to stay within the tradition, right? 
And so Jesus comes, and he's not trying to just quote something that had been said before. He's actually teaching with authority from a fresh place, right? He's the son of the father, and he's declaring this truth. So it's a whole different perspective that Jesus is coming with. But the second piece is this, that Jesus isn't standing there with some kind of authority that's coming from that place of compulsion or coming from that place of like the strong arm of the law, right? Let's think about that. What kind of authority is the least kind of authority we respect? It's the one where the guy has to tell you, or the guy or gal has to tell you that they're the ones in the place of authority, right? If somebody has to tell you that they're the ones and they're in that place of authority, that's usually the least a place where you find true respect for that kind of authority. That's not what Jesus is doing. What does he do? He's coming with the authority of someone who's stood in their shoes and saying, I know exactly what you're walking through and going through. In fact, this Sermon on the Mount, if you will, this uh, teaching that he gives to his people is so full of, of things that people can actually relate to. I mean, just in that previous chapter, Jesus stands in front of the people and says, hey, I know you're, the temptation is to be anxious about your life, where, where you're gonna be able to sleep and the things you're gonna be able to wear. He says, I wanna encourage you. He says, don't let anxiety overwhelm you about what you're gonna eat and what you're gonna be able to wear. He says, because he points, he says, you know those little birds that chirp in the springtime? When everything comes alive again, he says, the father says that it, they, don't, they don't sow and they don't reap. And yet each and every day they're taken care of. And he goes, you need to hear this. How much more important are you than those little sparrows? He says, your father's gonna take care of you. That church is an authority of having lived in their shoes. Not standing with some knowledge where he's disseminating from on high, he's coming right into the middle and saying, whatever you're going through, I know exactly where you're at and I know exactly what you need and my father has it for you. This is the authority with which Jesus is teaching and it's changed, it changes the game. It turns the world upside down. That's authority on a whole new level. That's what you and I can actually value and appreciate is a God who actually knows exactly what we're walking through and can meet us in that place. Church, that is what Jesus's teachers do. That's the call for those that have this gifting or leadership role in the church called teacher, if you will, is that they're gonna move past disseminating and giving away a whole bunch of information they're not, gonna, they're not just in knowledge for knowledge's sake. They want to see lives touched, changed, and transformed. They want the, the, the teachers that Paul is talking about here when he says, I'm, I'm raising up these unique roles of leadership. These are the ones that are saying, hey, I'm gonna, I care about your world. I'm not just here to teach so that I can say that I taught. And I'm not just here to teach so you can see how much information I have. I'm here to lean in to see your heart change and transformed. I care for your soul. And so the question is this. Listen, how do teachers lead 
in a way that actually builds up the body? That's the question. How do teachers, these teachers that Paul's describing, how do they actually lead in a way that builds up the body? I'm just gonna give you a few things and then we'll just finish up here this morning. First and foremost, here's what teachers do. Teachers immerse themselves in God's word so they can bring light to other people. They just put themselves deep down in it. I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to really get into the word. It can be incredibly difficult um, if you just pick up a Bible and start reading. I don't know if you've ever done that before. You just pick up a Bible, you start reading, and you're going, I have no idea what's going on here. It's really difficult to grab onto sometimes the concepts, depending on where you land. If you, hey, listen, if you find yourself smack dab in the middle of Leviticus, all right, you're seeing crossways sometimes, okay? Let's just be honest, okay? Uh, There's some books of the Bible that can be really tough to jump into. But a teacher, that one that carries this role goes, I'm gonna go past just reading this and I wanna find out what's in the heart of God in this moment. So I'm gonna, go a, I'm gonna do a deep dive. And I'm gonna do a deep dive, not just to say that I've done a deep dive. I wanna do a deep dive to go find out what it is that's in God's heart to communicate in this moment. So that when I get to a chance to sit down, we have coffee and we have a random conversation about how weird and insane Leviticus is, we get a chance to go, you know what though? There's something so much deeper and so much richer. And here's what I've discovered. And here's what it means. And here's how God is moving and shaping me. And here's how I was really touched and changed and transformed by this. And here's what I think God wants to do in our lives. And they want to bring light wherever they go. Because we just dove in. Because we understood. Because we sought to know in a, in a richer and deeper Way They want to take the truths that are in the word and then help bring them to people in a way that sees them, their lives touched, their souls touched. That's where we want to lean in. That's what these teachers that Paul's describing, that's what they get to do. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. Secondly, teachers uh, take the story of God. They take this story of God and then they help others find out how they fit into the story, Right? right? God's writing a story. He's right now writing your stories, writing my stories, writing your story and your story and your story. He's writing these stories. Even as we speak, even as we breathe, God's writing our stories. He's unpacking and unveiling them. We have all these highs and we have all these lows and we go through these moments where we don't feel anything and we feel great things and we feel bad things. We go, uh, through life, ups and downs, backwards and forwards. We're in the middle of our stories, right? We experience these rhythms and it's in these rhythms of up and down and backward and forward and doing all the things that we begin to discover that there's meaning and purpose in all of it. And what teachers wanna do is be able to say, wherever you're at right now, it might feel like a really high high, it might feel like a really low low. But wherever you're at right now, God's in the middle of writing your story. And I want to help you see where you're at in it. I want to help you see what God, who God is and what he's doing. And I want to help you see who you are and where he's leading you. Um, we, 
uh, we were super intentional with um, naming our kids. It was something we just, uh, we enjoyed doing. Um, it's just taking time to say, God, what do, you, what do you want our kids' names to be? And just getting even a, just a prophetic sense of what their the call on their lives were. And so uh, our oldest son's name's Luke. We named him Luke because the name Luke means bringer of light. We just felt like that was God's word over his life as that he'd be a bringer of light. And so we moved here a few years ago. You know, whenever you uproot, you guys have all experienced this before you uproot your kids. They're having, they're in a new place and a new situation trying to figure out where they stand in life. And my son's in the, he's at the sixth grade at the time. And I didn't ask him if I could share this, but I'm going to do it anyway. So he's late after school and my wife's in line to pick him up and he's nowhere to be found. And he kind of getting a little bit concerned because normally just all the kids are out there. Well, we come to find out he got into a conversation with one of his teachers and they're having this discussion about God. And he's talking and they're, they're, she's describing, she's a, what they, you might call a universalist. She kind of believes in all of the things and kind of God is this abstract idea. And, and so she has some measure of spirituality. She's trying to describe it. And he's talking about Jesus and and who God is, and as she's describing her side of her understanding, and, and Luke is just uh, describing his, he, he asks this question in the context of this conversation, and he says, but wouldn't it just be better if God was just a good father who cared for us, as opposed to that abstract idea? And she said, yeah, I think that would be better. And I'm hearing this story. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just trying not to break down crying because I'm just going, yeah, that would be better. And I was so blown away. And all of a sudden, my son, who's in sixth grade, just gets a chance to be a bringer of light to a place that just desperately needs to know the truth, that God's not an abstract power out there. He's a good father and he cares. That's what teachers do. Teachers just go, I care that you get it. I don't care that you have all the information. I care that you get it. I think my, my, I think my son will be a, an amazing teacher. He probably won't be a teacher teacher, but he'll be an amazing teacher and bringer of light just because this is what God said of his life before, before we ever actually ever saw him. That's what God said about him. And I love that because, and, and the truth is this, God's saying these things to you and to me and to your kids and to your grandkids he has so many things that he wants to author. And I'm so deeply grateful that we follow a king and a God who, is, who has these things to say over our lives if we'll just listen to him and trust him and walk. That's what teachers, in this context, what teachers do. I'll finish with this. Uh, uh, teachers help us have fresh eyes that are full of wonder and curiosity for the word. That's what teachers really do. And I love that about this idea about teachers where they come in and they, they're passionate about something. I don't know if you've ever met someone that's super passionate about something and then you find yourself listening to them talk about what they're passionate about and then you kind of get stirred up, right? I feel like that's happened with to just in many different conversations, in lots of different things. Like, you know, you talk about somebody that's like makes barbecue, all of a sudden I'm like getting stirred up, right? Or something like, or coffee, or, I mean, it could be a number of things, right? You find somebody that gets really passionate about something and you're like, I'm passionate about this too. 
This is what teachers in the kingdom do is they just get, they're deeply passionate about the word. And then you get to hear them talking about who this God is that they know through his word. And all of a sudden you find yourself getting stirred up and hungry for more of what God wants to say. Becoming passionate about the word of God is an important part of what it, what it means to be in God's kingdom, to treasure it and teachers help us get there. Teachers help open it up and unpack it in a way where we desperately need it. I'm so grateful for an opportunity to be impacted that way. I'm so thankful for this unique leadership role in the church. And it is entirely possible that the Lord has this mark on your life. And that's really kind of as we, we start to finish this up this morning is to ask that question. Well, if you are a teacher, what do you do? Or maybe you're not even sure. Let me just say this. In, in, uh, in Paul's first letter to, to Timothy, so he, one, he was uh, pouring his life into and raising up to be a leader. And he, he makes this comment. He says, well, the, he says in, in 1 Timothy 2, he says, God made me a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. And I just love that Paul said that because he wasn't here to create these distinct lines. Like you can only be a teacher and that's it. Or you can only be an apostle and that's it. In fact, the point of even doing this series is to say, you might identify in each one of these leadership roles that we unpack here, ways in which you actually do or can operate in this, uh, in the kingdom. That you get to actually function in this. In fact, I would just say this. It's entirely possible that each one of us will get to operate as a teacher in some way, shape, or form as we go through the context of our lives. That as we're following Jesus and leaning into him, that we all get to operate in this way. So the question is, if you're meant to walk in this teacher leadership gifting, what does it actually look like? What, what do we do next? And so I just want to give a couple of instructions, and then I'm going to have uh, Luke come up, and we'll just finish out this morning. First and foremost, if you want to grow possibly as a teacher, just number one, just immerse yourself in the word of God. Just get into it, dive into it. Let it wash over you. Don't, don't come to it as a manual where you have to figure it all out. Actually come to it as just the heart of a father and let it wash over you. So I say immerse yourself in it. You get a chance to read it and reread it and meditate on it, meaning just literally uh, pour your life into the, the scripture and say, okay, I'm just gonna come before this Lord. What are you gonna say about you? The, the two most simple questions you could ever ask when you come to the text is, God, what does this say about you? And Lord, what does this say about me? And then help me get in line with what it says about you and what it says about me. But we immerse ourselves. We read and we treasure God's word. And we find brothers and sisters who have written incredible works about the word of God. And we start reading those books as well. And we get stirred up, right? I don't know about how many of you guys uh, have read C.S. Lewis before. C.S. Lewis, maybe C.S. Lewis fans. I love reading C.S. Lewis, right? I read, I read and I, sometimes you have to read his stuff and then you have to reread it. I don't know if you ever, like, read it. You're like, I'm not sure I get that. Let me just read that one more time. And then maybe one more time, right? But what you find from these teachers is incredible knowledge and wisdom and hunger that they're wanting to display the goodness of God. So we just immerse ourselves in God's word. Let it wash over you. You don't have to come to it like, I gotta try to figure out what I have to do and not do, but come and let it wash you. 
And we look at brothers and sisters who have continued to lean into the word and we let them speak over us so that we can begin to get the rhythms to do it with others. Second, I want, you to, I want to encourage you, and we'll do this here in just a moment. But will you just pray and ask God, who can I bring light and blessing to their soul in this moment? Who, who, could, I be, who could I be a blessing to? Just pray. Some of us have kids or people that we have natural opportunity to be in leading and teaching. We just get to ask the question, if, if I were gonna be around anyone, who could I just bring soul care to by just being a blessing? Who could I come around? Even in our church, even if you were to pray and ask that question, we got kids and we have students and we have different groups you could be a part of. Is there a way that I can bring light and bring blessing to? I want you to hear this. You don't have to stand in front of a large group in order to be a teacher. You just have to care to want to share the truth of God's heart and his word. It might be one person, might be two people, might be two little two-year-olds or two and a four-year-old. But you just want to care and bring light to their soul. But stand firm in that calling and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bless and love. I'm going to get immersed in the word. I'm going to ask God to help me bring light to whoever I can. And then we just say this, at once we immerse ourselves in the word and once we pray, and we just say, God, I'm committing my heart and my life to ministering. I'm gonna commit to building up the body. I'm not gonna let this gift go idly by. I wanna bless. I wanna bless people I come around. I wanna minister. I wanna encourage. I wanna lift up. I wanna speak life to. And that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to be one of these leaders. You guys stand with me. We're gonna close out. I wanna just take a moment to bless take a moment to bless anyone that's standing in a place where they have a natural place. Maybe you've got kids or maybe you have been in a place of being a teacher. Maybe you teach in a classroom. Or maybe you have some people that you stand with that you have an opportunity to influence. But we're going to pray over you as a leader, as a teacher. So Father, I just want to start by blessing every each and every one of us to stand as people who receive your word and are able to be immersed in your word and to be filled with your word, to be able to share it, care about, care other, care over other people. I thank you, God, that you have these leaders, this mantle of authority that comes not because we say we're an authority, but because, comes because we care. And I thank you, God, that these are the leaders that you're raising up. And I, so I just bless everyone that's meant here in this moment. 
to carry this leadership role of being a teacher, of being an encourager. Would you just ask the Lord, Lord, would you help me grow in knowing your word and sharing your word? First in my home and then wherever else you want me to, to go. But Lord, we know we wanna make a difference. So would you help us make a difference? Just finish this morning as we're praying. If you feel like, I think the Lord's made me a teacher just to be one who helps and cares for people. It's a unique role or one that stirs, I feel stirred in my heart. I just wanna pray over you. Would you just say, I think that's me. I think, I think I'm a teacher. I think that's what God's crafted me to be. That's you just... Father, I thank you for the ones that you're raising up to be a blessing to those around you. I stand with them and ask you, God, to continue to open their heart and their mind to be ones who see your goodness transferred from your heart into theirs. Be the conduit that sees you move and shape and change lives by just sharing your heart. Big groups, small groups. Old people, young people. In every arena, Lord, would you help us to be leaders in this way? We thank you, God, for the teachers that you're raising up. God, would you continue to show us how we can step into being a part of blessing the body. We love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray these things this morning. Amen, amen. We're gonna have prayer partners available for you. We'd love to pray with you about anything that's going on in your life. You guys be blessed. We'll see you next week, finishing out on Prophetic Leaders this coming Sunday. See you, bye-bye.